Hello, everybody. Welcome to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup. It is April 2nd, 2022. Sorry, we're running a bit late. But with that, tonight we're going to be talking about the delay on Breath of the Wild 2 and what that means for the Zelda series going forward. We'll also be talking about the cancellation, the surprise cancellation of the online version of E3 2022, which basically takes E3 off the air for one whole year. And we'll also, of course, be talking about the announcements from Sony regarding the changes to PlayStation Plus and all of the new tiers that are supposed to be competing with Game Pass, but not really. Again, it's April, uh, April 2nd, 2022. We're going to roll our intro and get things started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup for the week of November 20th, 2020. It is Friday. It is, uh, where's my date? It's September 18th. 2020 here to our first story, and this is actually breaking news for all of us right now here, too. Figured this is a kind of a big one to cover, of course, with who it is. Joined via Discord by Kyle because we're in the midst of a pandemic still, and of course, everything is all kinds of crazy. So, this thing is a chocker. I mean, yeah, it's a beast. It's huge. Doing a um, that we had the Resident Evil stuff, that they were successful with Castlevania. Welcome to another NPC's weekly news roundup. And it's the news time. I am joined, of course, by Kyle via Discord. Kyle, hello. What's up, man? And here we are. I apologize for all the glitching here in the stream as well. Don't worry, we see it on our test feed. And not sure exactly what's going on, but we'll, uh, I guess, keep an eye on it and see what else we need to do. But anyway, welcome, everybody. It is April 2nd. 2022 we survived april fool's day we have survived three months of 2022 with everything that's been going on of course my name is travis and as always i am joined by kyle via discord hi kyle what's up did you get your razor haptic feedback suit uh it's currently in the mail right now um i am currently in millions of dollars of debt now because of ordering it so yeah, it's a prototype right that I really didn't want to spend money on, but now here I am waiting for it to come in. Rib-breaking technology. Rib-decimating technology. I'm not going to have anything <laughs> else left after this. Anyway, folks, we have a lot to discuss here in the news, especially with a lot of the announcements that have come out this week. So we're just going to kick right into it with our first one. PlayStation Plus gets new sub-tiers. It is Sony's answer to the dominance that Microsoft has had with Game Pass since it was unleashed several years ago. But is it really? Kyle, have you actually looked through all these different tiers? I have. <laughs> all right. Well, that, <laughs> I makes mean, this, yeah. that makes this easier, of course. So the first thing to say is that there are going to be three different types of tiers. They are going to be available in uh, starting in Asia in June. And then North America, Europe, and the rest of the world are going to follow soon after. So sometime this summer is when these are going to be available. Uh PlayStation Now is also, um, as part of this, won't be a standalone service anymore either. It's now officially being rolled into all of it. So the first tier is known as PlayStation Plus Essential, and it is going to be $9.99 a month, and it's going to have the exact same benefits for PlayStation Plus users uh, with online multiplayer access, two monthly downloadable games, discounts, and cloud storage for saved games. Um, it's basically going to be what you already play, uh, pay for PlayStation Plus Now, just... Uh, I guess, being rolled into this whole starting thing. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra is a new tier that's going to add uh, 400 or up to 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 titles. And the games in here are also downloadable, will be priced at $15 a month. And then we get to the third tier, PlayStation Plus 
Premium. Not only do you get everything else that has already been talked about so far, but you will also be able to get uh, select PlayStation 3 titles via cloud streaming. You will also be able to download games from PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation Portable. And there will also be time-limited trials. And yeah, and that is going to be, again, uh, PlayStation Premium plus Premium, excuse me, is going to be at $17.99 a month or $119.99 a year. Kyle. One of the key things that was not announced as a part of this, I know you're shaking your head too. It's how I feel inside. But one of the things that was announced about this is that we did not get um, we did not get what looks to be an actual true Game Pass competitor here. What I'm seeing is the start of something, but not really what we were expecting. We're not getting the announcement of day one releases on on uh playstation plus now like you know like we do with game pass so what what do you think about that is it worth it no in in fact um the uh playstation 5 games that we are getting um are gonna be games that have been out for a year already so um you can't necessarily expect anything that that'll be out for less than at least six months i imagine uh before it joins the service and i mean you'll Granted, in the in the past for the PlayStation Plus, they they have given out day one games. I know, uh, what was it? Oddworld Soulstorm uh, was day one, as well as I I don't know if Republic Riders was, but I know uh, what was the one that was kind of like Twisted Metal with weird heroes that you run around with. That was like a day one. Um, I know that they gave away about, on but PlayStation I can't remember the name Plus. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, dis- uh, destruction All Stars. That's what it was. That, thank you. I yes, just remember. That, yep, that's it. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, no day one uh, downloadable titles. Um, if you compare it to like the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, I mean, you have access to all the stuff on PC as well. Uh, regardless, if you just have the, uh, I. I believe it's the base version of uh game pass you can still stream games to devices hmm so i mean there's there's a lot more benefit and uh honestly almost all the almost all if not all um the the ps3 titles are going to be streamed and the 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 network on playstation for the streaming on on some of these games it just doesn't work and beyond that like because of the the choppy frames and everything you can't read the text if you need to be able to read the text and oftentimes it just ruins the experience so it's almost Mm. not worth playing ps3 titles and i i mean 340 games and you're adding ps2 psp and ps3 and you're only adding 340 titles, there's a lot more exclusive titles than that that are just blockbusters that even some sleepers that they could throw in, and it would be a far, far better service, but I don't know. that That's my take. <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems a little interesting here, especially with the success that Microsoft has had with including games being released day one on game pass as well now it doesn't mean that every game that they've done has been released day one there have been some agreements that they've had to make and sometimes they don't work out so we don't get that but 
of some of their more successful titles obviously have been because it does open mm-hmm. up more. And maybe it's just because the coffers are a little bit bigger on Microsoft's side than they are on Sony's side to support day one stuff. Uh, but the CEO for PlayStation, Jim Ryan, actually even said that. So the article here from The Verge we've been using for reference on this, um, he says that um, it says that they could probably suffer, their games would suffer potentially if they went straight over to PS Plus on day one. So here's what he said. He said, in terms of putting our own games into this service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. So it looks like what they're more concerned about is the actual level of quality and the level of investment that they need to make to be able to actually do something like that. But at the same time, they feel like that the quality will suffer if they put their titles out like that, which maybe that could be the case. I mean, there is some argument potentially like with um, the way Halo Infinite ended up being something day one on Game Pass as well, though, too, with a lot of the delays there. But it's not everything, though. And I guess it really would depend on the, the game that comes out anyway, too. I mean, not everything on Sony has been a success. I mean, it, it's funny to think one of their more recent releases, Grand Turismo 7, we talked about um, a couple weeks ago or last week, excuse me, was a kind of a, a, a dumpster fire when it came to the online only part that shut everything down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how much that does to them, but... I don't know. I just feel like we didn't really get a lot out of this. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, no promise of any sort of like PC availability, like being able to access the, uh, the games via PC or, you know, any way of playing them via the cloud on the PC. Um, no way of accessing PlayStation games that have released on PC. So, I mean, Xbox has that over them. Um, I mean, I, there's so many things that that Xbox does over them that it, it just it doesn't feel like it's a good value. I mean, even at what was it the hundred dollars a year for the PlayStation Plus Extra? Yeah, you're getting up to four hundred games, but I mean, there's like four hundred games, and a lot of them are brand new on xbox that i can play and then with my game pass i also get you know the discounts i know playstation offers that as well but i mean it the value just seems a lot better as far as game pass goes comparatively um when you look at it yeah especially with how much more is is rolled in that you could jump between pc and console and and game streaming on your phone if you're one of those who wants to do it, and some of the perks as well. So I Mm -hmm. I do really think Sony has their work cut out for them. I mean, it was kind of a long time coming for them to actually put something together and put this out there. Uh, I guess we're going to have to see exactly what the response is going to be like when this does go out, how many people do end up actually subscribing, and what the the market share is going to look like when it comes to those subscriptions, because... Part of the issue for a lot of people nowadays is the number of subscriptions that people pay into. I mean, not only for your streaming services, but there's a lot of other content out there that you do subscribe to. And to add in another game subscription, especially like, I mean, outside of what they were already paying for PlayStation Plus and what a lot of people are paying for Xbox Live and Nintendo Switch Online. Now you've got all the different tiers and it's like, well, does this make sense for me instead of just buying these games standalone or having or 
because you know we think about it with backwards compatibility because i don't have access to these classic consoles i can't afford to go buy a, an original playstation 2 an original playstation you know what have you and get a copy of the game i want to play for those systems for a reasonable price maybe this is the way i go but again it's just it's, it is the number of subscriptions out there and does this actually give value though to owning a playstation outside of what you're already paying with what's now become PlayStation plus essential that. And yeah, that's just it. I think they, they need to really show the focus on, on where you're getting your value at uh, comparatively, you know, when they're not offering as much as their competitor. So they're really going to have to put forth a show of effort, um, especially at, at the beginning to get people to sign on that premium and that extra membership. I feel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, this doesn't come out until the summer, so it's going to be a it's going to be a little bit until we actually start to see what the impact is going to be. Microsoft is pretty good about their numbers, especially in their quarterly reports when it comes to uh, the number of game or at least the amount of money that's coming in from their services and subscriptions when it comes to Xbox and Game Pass. So to take what they have at least or what they've shown over the past several years versus what we're going to be seeing from Sony over a few quarters is going to be very interesting to kind of weigh against each other to see is the value actually there or are we going to have a problem trying to make that comparison because of the lack of PlayStation 5s being available compared to Xbox Series X and S consoles right yeah but even with that again it's just going to be a waiting uh just a wait to see exactly what that's going to look like and see if it does end up being successful for them or if they're going to have to go back and tweak it a little bit more in the meantime though let's carry on to our next story here and this story comes from video games chronicle talking about halo infinite uh the devs knowing that the community is out of patience, that fans are upset. I guess you can kind of consider this maybe a little bit of a teaser going into our next podcast episode for this next week. Uh, but this article from Video Games Chronicle, uh, community director Brian Gerard, he is uh, the yeah community director for 343, uh, put up a reply on the R Halo uh, subreddit talking about where uh, the dev team is fully aware of the the complaints the criticism the comments coming from the halo community about a lack of updates a lack of content a lot of de- a lack of details excuse me um on what's going on with halo infinite and so i'll read off a little bit here from what um uh, video games chronicle had pulled out of there uh, so gerard goes on to say there are indeed a lot of challenges and constraints we're certainly not happy to be unable to meet player and community expectations it's a difficult situation that's going to take the team time to work through right now the focus is on season two and we'll have more to share on that in the coming weeks meanwhile a lot of product planning costing planning hiring etc is all happening which doesn't really lend to the to detailed regular updates We understand the community is simply out of patience and, frankly, I think understandably tired of words. We just need some time for the team to get details sorted, and then we can share as much as we can. So a lot of people really took the criticism there, especially on the um, especially on the comment about um, uh, production planning, costing, uh, additional planning, hiring, etc. Basically, a lot more of the operational stuff as being a little bit more of an excuse on where things are at with. Uh, Halo Infinite's updates, especially with the lack of Forge and co-op shipping um, at launch, um, 
There are some concerns about ranked progression. There are some concerns about map rotation. I mean, I mean the the list goes on about a lot of these things here. And as a fan, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm kind of a little bit there, but um, I do go into more detail of this, of course, in our next episode. So make sure you're subscribed to our podcast to go and listen to all of that. But at the end of it, there's more stuff for us to do, though, that we can go play. I mean, Kyle, you and I are spending got hours a night almost playing core keeper right now um by the yeah. way for everybody who hasn't played it yet core keeper fantastic game and it's one of those just like minecraft or terraria where you go in and play it you're mining crafting doing all these different things you lose track of time you feel like you've been playing 20 minutes you look down at the clock and it's been like three hours so go play yeah. it. it's it's fantastic uh in the anyway even with that though is that it's just there is other stuff out there to go and do and the community is just it, it i get part of the reason of being upset but everybody just seems to be so so demanding of things and and so used to release cycles from other games that it's like halo come on what's going on 343 it's your turn to step up to the plate so i don't know well and you know it's one of those things yeah they may have a few hundred people working on the on specifically just halo you know but they also have, you know, the different aspects of the game. You know, it's not just multiplayer content. You've got probably people focused on multiplayer content, but also updates. And then you've got a team working on cheaters and hackers. But then you also have your other team working on co-op and another team working on Forge. And on probably another team that's continuously working on game stability. Um, so, I mean, there's... The, the hundreds of people are spread out and it's probably mm -hmm. spread pretty thin. I would think so too, especially because, and I think this is a lot that people don't actually get is that granted. Yes, we have gotten the master chief collection on PC, but that's just it. Mm -hmm. Halo has been for the longest time de dedicated specifically to console release has been dedicated to, like console development and everything for so long. I mean, we did get Halo Combat Evolved on PC. We did, I think, get Halo 2 on PC. At least I thought we did. And then everything just kind of like fell off the map with Halo uh, 3, ODST, Reach 4, and 5. I mean, not mm -hmm. until the Master Chief, um, not until the initial like release of the halo anniversary edition where we got the you know the dual engine halo combat evolved and and all that rolled into right. the master chief collection to actually see that stuff make its way to pc and that was a big thing but for a brand new game to be developed for for pc as well as two different generations of consoles there's a lot of testing and development that needs to go into making sure these things are going to work and it just feels like, especially someone who works in, I don't work in game development, but I am, I do work in the tech industry and I do see app development happening regularly. And I see how long it does take for something to be pushed through, especially with all of the different changes that have to be made and validated and confirmed to work okay and work well before you ship something. So I understand that part, but these guys definitely have it. I feel harder because I don't have people yelling at me at, at work telling me that, you know, it's like, why is it taking you so long to deliver on this when this last thing was this was was better? Or this other thing was it's like, I don't have that because of the way our our stuff goes. 
But these guys have so much they have to work towards that I just feel like that the community doesn't have the patience for it. The community is just like not understanding that they've got so many different things to work on. Yeah, and and I do touch on it more in the the same episode you were talking about before, but I mean, this is a game that was delayed already and it wasn't ready to come out when it actually did come out. I you know, a year after well, it wasn't even quite a year after that they intended it to launch. So it it was very pushed forward, very, you know, pushed into market quick. So there is stuff that's going to be unfinished and maybe it should have been released as a game that, you know, was what, what do they do on steam? Uh, shoot. Not the, the pre-release, but, um, I forgot what they call it now. God dang it. Uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, early access. Mm -hmm. Why was I not? not thinking of that <laughs> um yeah i don't know you know they could have released it as early access but that wouldn't have made anyone happy if they would have done it so i mean why not just release a game you know as complete as they have i mean you look in the past and it's not the same studio releasing halo obviously but halo has had the crunch where they almost didn't have a multiplayer in the first game yeah and it's the same for like a tons of like tons of things like and you're absolutely right early access is one of those things and you know i i don't really know how else to argue some of that though is that you're right they could have shipped a lot of these things that they said they were going to in an unfinished state and we would have probably been worse off than we are now i appreciate the fact that we can get into games fast that we have a decent time i think playing you know i i don't really have any complaints other than getting it feels like killed relatively fast in some cases, but that's just me being me. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't mind the season to have ended maybe a little bit sooner, but yeah. at, at the end of it, I, yeah, because we hit 100% like completion at... Um, like three months ago. <laughs> yeah, we have, but, I mean, you know, we've still been unlocking stuff in the timed events. I mean, Fractured Tenrai, I think, just came back, so we've got more armor to go back and earn there again, too, when we're not oh, playing yeah. Core Keeper. I just... I, I don't know. This is one of those things that just frustrates me because I understand how um, how the community can feel frustrated about things, but there's part of me that still thinks that the community just doesn't get it. They just don't understand yeah, some I of mean, the behind-the-scenes things. They, they could have released, you know, a cyberpunk. That great game, but broken. Absolutely, they could have. And Absolutely. instead, we, we got multiplayer, and in fact, it when we got in the uh, multiplayer betas, it, w it was very stable, mm -hmm. you know, and it released as a stable multiplayer when they released the uh, single-player campaign. For the most part, it was stable, but very quickly was patched to be fully stable. Um, I don't know, you know, they, they, they did a really good job providing the core gameplay, mm -hmm. and now it's just padding it out with all the stuff that it, it normally had. But with 343 too, I mean, when you look at the development of Master Chief Collection for the PC, it did not launch as a whole um, like it did on Xbox. Granted, they did release, uh, what was it, Reach, long after the game had released. Um, but... 
um when the game released on pc it didn't even have like half the game with it it was like halo one two and three yeah oh yeah that's absolutely right so yeah again i mean i without going into much more on it anyway, because I think it's just, it was something to bring up, especially because patch notes, uh, or at least an update did drop this week from 343 in blog form, of course, going into detail about stuff getting prepped for season two, about a lot of the feedback that they are working to address right now, including like bug fixes for PC, um, uh, some melee adjustments, especially that's a, oh my gosh, Kyle, that's a whole other fight that's going on right now in the community right now too. Um, there are some other things going on as well. Just a lot of stuff in prep, including, of course, talking about the new maps that are going to be coming out for Season 2 as well. So be sure to go over to 343's blog over on Halo Waypoint. And go check out those updates to see exactly what is coming down the line. But if you want to hear more, of course, talking about this type of criticism, be sure to tune into our podcast next Thursday talking about um, game criticism. So it's, it's a very interesting one to uh, get into. But uh, we're going to carry on here, of course, to our next story. <clears throat> and Kyle, talk to us about this one here. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild's been delayed. What's happening? Yeah, so, of course, if it wasn't known to all of the world at this point, Nintendo was actually planning to release Breath of the Wild 2 uh, later this year. Um, I believe... Um, Kind of, it was it was supposed to be originally as at the uh, tail end of the uh, Zelda anniversary, but then they had to extend it out to the end of the year. Well, now unfortunately, um, the company has decided to extend their development time to push it back to spring of 2023. So we have to wait that much longer. Um, the I I will say that the. Uh, who was it said it um the producer um ag An- anuma Aono anuma yeah i think it's anuma, anuma uh, yeah. teased an even wider variety of features including new encounters and new gameplay elements so i mean they are still adding stuff to the game and i feel like that does speak to it that's with every zelda game that it seems like they're trying to cram as much into it until the last minute um but uh, they, they did talk about uh, some information that might uh, tie partially to the destroyed Master Sword uh, that was shown in some footage. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, it's this kind of goes back to I feel like uh, what was it Miyamoto uh, talking about game delays and how they're going to delay a game as much as they need at Mm -hmm. Nintendo until they release the finished product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would prefer that, especially like, you know, I think Nintendo really does seem to have a better grasp on that compared to some other organizations, some other devs. Um, But it, it definitely is interesting to think about this delay because there are some people who like are speculating right now about going back to the delay of Breath of the Wild 1 and about it uh its delay was potentially tied into the release of the Switch and that some mm-hmm. people are kind of like saying like is it possible that they're delaying it because they do have another Switch coming up next year and that they want to they want to have a launch title for it you know or 
or what, you know, I, my assumption is more likely the development time is probably what they need because their, their, their release schedule for 2022 is pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out this year that's going to keep switch players plenty busy. So granted, we have had some delays like (laughs) advance wars. Uh, Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right with advance wars, but even the slate of everything, I mean, there's still, I mean, Kirby just came out. So there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are playing Kirby and Jungle strategy just came out. Got that. And then of course, if you, you've still got people playing Pokemon legends, Arceus, and then go into the mm-hmm. end of the year, going into holiday, we had the surprise drop like a month ago now of Pokemon. Uh, what is it? Scarlet and Violet. They're going to be coming out, you know? And it's like, that's, uh, that's a game that's going to eat up a lot of people's time, especially going into well, when this is going, when breath of the wild two is going to release, you know? And not only that, I mean, Nintendo did decide to end, you know, I don't, I don't remember if it's this month or last month that was the end of their fiscal year, but they're still ending it with a bang or starting it with a bang because they're releasing a new Wii Sports. Yes. Well, it's not Wii Sports. It'll be like a Switch Sports, basically. Yeah. But it's all your Wii Sports games over again. You're going to have bowling and archery and, you know, golf. Yeah. It's literally the same thing. And if that's not going to boom, I don't know what is. That'll sell tons more units once over again for Nintendo. Yeah, so they're going to have themselves a pretty like pretty good year. And I think, though, for one of these titles, like really the, the key title being a Legend of Zelda title that's an original one, it, mm-hmm. it needs all of the time, I think, that it can get. That's one of those things, though. Uh, I don't really think there's actually been... You might be able to kind of change this for me, Kyle, but I don't think there's actually been a Legend of Zelda title that's actually had... Um, like, that's been pretty beat up by reviewers or anything. I think all of them have been relatively solid. Or is there a Legend of Zelda... Like, I'm talking like a core Legend of Zelda title that has been poorly received or or even had like one of like that has fallen below the threshold of like what a Zelda title should be or, or that we would expect to see for a review. I don't really think there probably has been. the only one that I can think of would would have been um I know initially um Wind Waker got a little bit of flack but um what was it uh the one that just re-released on Switch the Wii version uh got flack from some outlets oh skyward sword skyward sword yeah yeah uh, that's right yeah skyward sword definitely got kind of beat up that's right that it it got really good reviews this time around um yeah with all the fixes that they changed so yeah okay now now i remember that now i recall a lot of that especially but okay so no every other game has been uh you know, really, really good, like, you know, high nines or, you know, if nothing else, nothing below like a, I'd say like an eight or 7.5. Yeah. Yeah, especially. So, okay. That, that's why I just, I needed that refresher because I couldn't remember. But yeah, I remember yeah. Skyward Sword was not very well, like received more so because of the motion control stuff. So yeah. Okay. Understood. But yeah, it's, it's delayed 2023. It looks like, yeah. Um, end of March next year so you guys have some time to wait but don't worry there's plenty of other games to play on your unless they delay it again (laughs) unless they delay it again who knows what's gonna happen who knows maybe they could come out with a switch pro i mean all the info's there what we do know is that they won't accidentally release something like microsoft happened to do 
in our next story talking about Minecraft <laughs> accidentally getting ray tracing support on Xbox Series X consoles and having it taken away. So this last week, um, a preview build of uh, Minecraft ended up making its way out, and um, that preview build happened to include ray tracing support, which the Xbox Series X is capable of supporting. And unfortunately, it was sent out, and it's been dropped. Uh, it's been put away. All, all that. It's so, and even the Minecraft official Twitter apologized here, saying the previous Minecraft preview build available to Xbox insiders inadvertently included prototype code for ray tracing support on Xbox consoles. This early prototype code has been removed from preview and doesn't signal near future plans to bring ray tracing support to consoles. Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's okay. It's funny. PC players have to pay for a whole new version anyway. <laughs> no, they absolutely do. But it's funny though that they are actually testing it because right now the only ray tracing support there is for Minecraft is in the ray traced edition, the RTX edition of Minecraft that mm -hmm. supports NVIDIA GPUs. Um, AMD only just recently, in the last couple of years, has put out ray tracing support. Uh, for GPUs, especially put more emphasis on it in this last generation of GPUs they just released. And with those has, you know, they've still got a lot of testing to do with it because that's what's inside the uh, architecture for the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. So there's a lot of testing that has to go into figuring out if how well ray tracing is going to work. So it's not a surprise to see them dabbling in it. But... The fact, though, that it inadvertently got leaked out kind of makes me think of, or not even leaked out, but just inadvertently available to insiders, makes me think to that 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 accident, the the quote unquote accident of um, of uh, Rocket League's multiplayer, cross platform multiplayer, being turned on for a short period of time, so PlayStation Four players could play with uh, PC and Xbox all at the same time. You know, it was it was just out there. Yeah, but, yeah, it, that's what it, this reminds me of. So. One of those, oh, no, they flipped the switch too early moments, but I don't know. It'd be really cool for it to work on an Xbox, but I, I don't think we're quite there for something mm -hmm. like Minecraft to work with RTX. No. It, as, as simple as Minecraft seems, when you think about the scope of the, you know, how far the, how, or how many blocks that the game builds out, especially on Xbox, um, even in comparison to some some PCs, it can do quite a bit. But oh yeah, when you when you factor in ray tracing, even on ray trace systems, it can't do as much as it can on just a regular build. No, no, absolutely, you're right. It can't, and you've got to obviously limit that stuff down. Your draw distance is going to have to drop mm -hmm. dramatically, and even so, it's like how much power are you going to have to draw? through the Xbox to be able to get it to ray trace properly. I have a hunch that when ray tracing does become available for um, for any Xbox Series X title, it's going to end up dropping the entire game down to just 30 frames per second, like at most. That's just where the drop is going to have to be because it does have the power. It just doesn't have enough to get anything up to like, you know, 60 FPS. With I don't know. Tracing. I feel like where we're at with GPU technology... Um to keep consoles the current size that they are and have 
full ray tracing like you would get on a PC, you're going to have to water cool the the console. So what you're saying because is... Because it's going to put off so much heat. So what you're <laughs> saying it, it'll is... It'll just melt it. Okay, so what you're saying is I should go and take a bath with my Xbox Series X when I want to play Minecraft Ray Tracing Edition. Got it. Okay, I'm going to remember that. Everybody, we, we, we had the official word here from Kyle. Bathe with your Series X. I did X. not say that. <laughs> official endorsement from Kyle. Note, it is not the official endorsement of the NPCs, but it is the official endorsement of Kyle to bathe with your Series X to play any ray tracing or game that is ray traced on the series x got it thanks kyle Do not appreciate endorse these that. statements <laughs> appreciate that kyle it's, it's already out there it's on the internet which means it must be true oh which well i i, I do not endorse true. these statements but <laughs> anyway. no in all, in all seriousness though <laughs> ray tracing it it's really taxing on yeah. on even my gpu and you know i've got a 3090 so that's saying something. It puts off a lot of heat when I'm on full ray tracing. You throw that in a console, especially something like the Xbox Series X, and holy crap, it's just going to melt it to your entertainment center. That's all that's going to happen, or it's going to burst into flames. Yeah. I, I feel like they've got to find a little bit better cooling solution, especially in that, that minuscule packaging. Yeah, they're going to have to make some some pretty big adjustments to be able to handle some of or, that. So, you know, just figure out a way to, to, to make the power draw less. So it puts off less heat. But I mean, when you're, when you're doing that much processing, it takes a lot of power. It does. It really does. So it's just funny that this did get out there and at least people were able to mess around with it. But apparently it was in a, like, uh, I'll at least put this out there is that some of the other stuff I was reading about it, it was apparently, working to a point it wasn't 100 percent. it was just very 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 prototype so there were some things that did ray trace properly there were some things that didn't but it was still funny for people to be able to see uh yeah so there's that and then we got one more story to talk about here kyle before i get into something before i get into something else so we're going to do this next story and then before we mm -hmm. wrap up for the night um i have one other thing here to talk about though too uh but this last story though E3 2022, the online version, because we knew the physical version was canceled, the online version is also now officially canceled. We have no E3 for the first time in years, maybe since the thing actually officially started back in the 90s. How do you feel about that, Kyle? What is the ESA doing? I actually have a I... hunch that because of the way that things were handled last year, and the amount of announcements that came out and the way different announcements were handled by the other companies, like the way that um, Microsoft did their own stuff, Nintendo's been doing their own stuff, Sony's been doing their own stuff, that the world realized that E3 was no longer necessary. Well, I can tell you their, their little app rollout thing, because didn't they do an app for it? I don't know. Did they? Yeah, I want to say they, they did an app for E3 where you were supposed to visit digital booths and stuff. It sucked. <laughs> it was broken. I downloaded it and it it barely worked. It, it didn't make sense. I was better off just watching the showcases that each of the developers did because they had their own showcases anyway. I didn't need to to watch any E3 coverage. And Summer Games Fest with uh Jeff Keeley was 10 times better. You know, we, we got way more 
uh, day one exclusive announcements uh, that you didn't get to see anywhere for hours until after his show. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I don't I, know. It really makes either. me wonder what these guys are doing because, and now we're looking at you know, the uh, pandemic status has been lifted, you know, and we're 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 coming out of that. And now we're actually being able to start to gather again. They could have maybe curtailed an in-person event or tried to plan one, but it, it seems like they they weren't even trying to to work in a digital event because of the the announcement coming so late and the way the planning sounded. That's my take on the matter here, especially, and I think that's where I have one big issue is that. It feels like they really weren't even sure what they wanted to do with themselves. It, I, that's why I was saying there at the beginning is that it feels like the way the the publisher like the publishers actually handled themselves with announcements, with the multiple streams we had last year and the year prior, and the amount of content we got out of GDC and the amount we got out of like any other game event. It feels like a lot of that supplemented what E three was but actually did better with it. And it mm -hmm. seems like that's why they need to go back to the drawing board to figure out what we need to do better next time because obviously they didn't do it as well. And maybe it's even showing like they're finally having that more like internal realization that it's like, maybe this is why Sony decided to divest off from us and Nintendo decided to divest off from us to do their own separate things. And who knows? You know, it, it until somebody from inside the uh, ESA comes out and says, hey, this is really why we decided to go ahead and backtrack on everything. It's just a lot of speculation. But even so, we had talked about this, Kyle. We had a podcast episode mm -hmm. several months ago talking about what in-person events were going to look like post-pandemic. And we had a hunch that, like, this was literally something we talked about. We literally laid it out there saying that E3 was probably going to be one that's going to go away. And... For the fact like that it got canceled for this year, I mean, goes to show that we're probably on the right track for some of these things. We probably have the right idea on some of this, right? Yeah. It, it, I, I, the more I think about it, E3, the, the ESA is going to have to really rethink how e, E3 events go. I mean, they opened it up to the public, but I'm almost wondering if they did it too late in retrospect. Because, I mean, we had been looking at E3 since we were kids, and it was a big, fanciful thing. Like, we wanted to always go, but it was only a press thing back then. And, you know, it was like, oh, well, you know, if we get into the game industry, we can go to E3, too. And that would be really cool. But, you know, now in a society where everyone's more interconnected at an instant through the Internet, where, you know, back when E3 started, they didn't really have that. Yeah, the internet was a thing, but it was slow. You didn't have voice calls and crap. It, it took time, and, you know, you. we were still working with phone numbers. You know, it wasn't just contacts. So now that, you know, everything is more fast-paced, they, they would have to totally rethink the event for it to actually work. And a lot of those companies have already gone out of their way out of the way and done that for them and oh yeah they're doing it better and by themselves so what is the esa going to do about that now yeah 
That's why, you know, they've said in their official announcement, they said, instead, we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. So, yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. We need an insider to actually come out and tell us, like, what actually happened in those discussions to say that they were going to shut everything down and take a whole year off to figure out what they needed to do next. Uh, and what lessons are they, being they learned had from two years? Yeah. It's just like, well, you're actually right. Yeah. But it's like, what have they learned since everything got shut down in 2020 uh, to like drive this change? And what have they learned, you know, from the other companies to basically get E3 back to a, back into a format where you know it's something that does bring us back to the way we were um years past you know tuning in well, to go check out the announcements and reading about the new things and seeing the stuff on the show floor yeah and the the reason i say you know they they had two years off the esa is a group of people it's not yep. just one person jeff Keeley is one guy and he managed to organize an event in like six or eight months yep. you know maybe even less than that Oh, yeah. And it went far better than E3's digital event that they had a whole year off to to think about and create an app for that, that was broken. And, you know, it the the event failed. And Keeley did another event during that, and it was far better. So, yeah, it, it, that's the surprising part is that the person who was really a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff for E3, which would, yeah, Jeff Keeley. You know, that he just he left the he left E3, he left that whole org and was able to stand up something pretty quick and ended up actually being very successful with it and has still been successful mm-hmm. to this day. We've got a I, I'm telling you, Kyle, I think that like if there's one person we could really interview about the games industry itself in one of our NPCs discussed episodes, it'd be him. Like to get in, to bring in, to actually talk about like one of these different topics that we have, uh just to get that experience and feedback on it because of how how much he's been involved over the years and how much has changed just kind of under his just under like you know like his view and under his leadership i guess you know it'd be one of those really neat things to actually bring out there and talk about so with e3 being canceled though for 2022 and coming back next year personally i don't really see a loss I think we're going to have a lot of great announcements this year. I think we're going to have some good live streams talking about all the new games that are coming up, maybe some new tech that's coming out as well, too. Um, teasers for stuff, updates for things, you know, from all the different companies, different organizations, different groups, a lot of stuff. So we're not going to be short of news this year. Not one bit. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it. You know what E3 should do? What? They should take a page out of Devolver's book and make a video game that's their entire expo. No, Kyle. No. I don't want to see E3 try to make a video game themselves. I don't want to do it. No. You know, you don't want to be able to wander the show floor in first person? <laughs> no. No, because then it would be tied into the metaverse, it'd be tied into NFTs and oh, god, all yeah, the crap no. that we've mixed we, that no idea. Yes, no we, more predictions. I forgot. No more no more yeah, predictions. Stop it, Kyle. Stop it. <laughs> now this is where I want to end at, though, for today, before we actually close out the uh, episode here. This is a question to start off with here, Kyle, is mm-hmm. um, Halo's TV series officially had its uh, first episode uh, drop on YouTube. 
So people who are not members of Paramount Plus can go in and watch the first episode for free on YouTube. And um, I got to ask, since that's been done, I know you have Paramount Plus. Have you watched either of the episodes for the new Halo TV series? Sadly, I have not. Okay. Have you? I have been trying to watch <laughs> the episode on the first episode on YouTube because I, I can't do any more TV subscriptions. I just can't. Did they do just give away a free month of Paramount? That's not the point, Kyle. I just I can't have more <laughs> sign-ins for subscriptions for anything else anymore. I just can't do it as a parent. I can't. Okay. Now, with that out of the way, at least though, I have been trying to watch the first episode. Like it's not mm -hmm. necessarily like I'm running out of time or I get distracted or pulled away for something. It's that I've been trying to be engaged by the episode. And to be honest, I'm actually concerned yeah um here here's my biggest thing right now okay here, here are my couple of things um mm -hmm. master chief's demeanor nowhere near what we know of as master chief in the game um they introduced miranda keys and captain keys for briefly um mm -hmm. nothing nothing like you're you're fully like anything you're aware of in um you know, from the games themselves. Uh, Dr. Halsey, oh my God. I think if there's one thing that actually upsets me more than anything about like this this new series is Dr. Halsey. There's no backbone or spine in this character, that this version of really? Dr. Halsey, that there is in the, the games and the books. Like Dr. Halsey in the books and, and video game series, like when you see her, she's a take charge doesn't take anybody's crap type of Yeah, she's kind of a person. badass. She is. Like, she's literally just like, she's like, we're going to do this. I don't care who you are. We're just going to make this happen and do it. But in the series itself, she's very, like, she's very, um, how do I want to put this? She seems more timid than she should be. It's yeah. more like, it's more like whatever she is, like, working on, she doesn't seem, she seems more emotionally invested in it than the way Dr. Halsey was where Dr. Halsey seemed to be more um, like stoic and focused on the mission and just getting through every single mission as it comes along and just being better about it all the time. Um, right. This one, on the other hand, though, seems to have more reservation and hesitation about things and, and concern mm -hmm. about stuff. And it, it just doesn't feel right. Listening to listening to her speak. And, um, I will say, you know, it's like it is kind of neat to actually see some of the stuff that has carried over from the games. Like, it is neat to actually, um, uh, it is neat to hear, like, uh, the recharging of the shields, especially when they go down on Master Chief. You know, you actually hear the sound from him and it, the recharging sound as well, too. Um, uh, some of the other actions that also go into it, too. I think, like, the actual suits and the weapons are designed pretty well. But what also kind of takes you out of it, though, is that the initial group of of people that encounter the covenant right there at the at the beginning of the episode are using mm -hmm. things like AK47s to fight the covenant in the year 25 I think it's 2552 it it just it's like it really throws you off when you mm. when you are used to actually seeing like UNSC marines and the Spartans use like the the assault rifle 
and um, the Magnum and the Battle Rifle. I mean, hell, they broke out the DMR from uh, Halo 5 in this as well. Not the Commando, but the DMR. And that was what the Spartans were using. But you saw the Spartans using Hmm. the Assault Rifle, the DMR, the Sniper Rifle, the Magnum. You know, it's like they're using it, but these, these rebels or whatever they are who are mining all these different resources are using... AK-47s, and it just, it kind of really takes you out of it. And then also the fact that this, the like, I know that in the series, too, is that, like, Reach is where really, like, everything kind of happened when it came to a lot of the the progress that the Covenant made, especially as they, they really were making their way to discover Halo and, and whatnot. But Reach seems too much uh, more than just an outpost like we saw in the series in that like there's this massive UNSC city like like it almost feels like something you'd see out of like okay. the, like that city in the Hunger Games uh the, the capital city in there that's really yeah, what this Pan thing Am. looks like yeah that's what this thing really looks like and it just it seems to set it off it's like that's where it's like they're going is like reach and it just it's it's really bizarre and then uh uh Serpent Knight makes a great comment here on it takes off his helmet mortal sin of halo um orthodox yes that's absolutely right is that um, I haven't even gotten to that point yet. I know he does, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. But the the tone, the voice of of Master Chief, the things that are going on just don't seem to fit. And I'm mm. hearing episode two is also pretty bad. And that has me very, very, very worried. As a big fan of yeah, Halo, I, that really hurts. I've heard it's comparable to a, uh, I don't know almost like a copycat as far as the story goes to something like the Mandalorian. That's what some people are really making the comparison to. And I don't know why, or at least the episode formatting the way that the story progresses and stuff. I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough of Mandalorian or, and obviously none of halo. So I, I can't say, but yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Um, all I can really say is this, is that I know that some TV shows start out a little rough and then they get better as things go on, but I do have some don't pretty strong happening. concerns that, yeah, that I don't know what's going to happen next. So as it sits right now, if you do get the chance to go watch it, Kyle, just be aware of that as you go into it. Um, and yeah, like I'll leave it at this part here uh, and then we'll end is that forward unto dawn and um uh what is it halo origins the uh that um that mini series uh movie that had come out with like all the different like um animations or or uh, um uh mini like episodes in that that were of uh different animation styles and such doing different things for like um you know there was something with Spartans there was something that was going on with the elites as well too you know all these different things hmm. there was that I thought it was Halo or maybe it's a different name I can't remember now um I can't remember there was another Halo series as well too that was out that I I don't I haven't even seen that but then you've also got the live action trailers and live action um um marketing for the Halo games that was just so good that it's just wondering like where things fell off when they were building this, when they were setting everything up that why didn't they tie into the existing lore and start off the way that we at least had a good understanding. I just, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very confused and I'm very, um, I'm very reserved. 
or no, not reserves, not the right word. I'm very concerned though about what's going to be coming up next. I probably will do the Paramount Plus trial. I'll hate myself for setting up another streaming account, but oh my god, that first episode has just really, really thrown me off. Huh. Yeah, I'll I'll have to check it out. Um makes me kinda iffy about doing so, but yeah, I'll I'll have to check it out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so with that, of course, that big disappointment, that is it for uh, the weekly news roundup for April 2nd, 2022. And of course, with that said, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you need a recap of all of this, not only can you watch the VOD here on our YouTube channel, which, hey, go subscribe. Also, you can check it out when we drop this as an episode of our podcast. Uh, coming up here soon, though, of course, once we're able to download it and get the audio extracted out. But that'll be available, so go check that out on our podcast platform, uh, anger.fm slash the dash NBC slash podcast. Or if you've got a favorite podcast platform of your own that you'd like to listen to things on, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're probably on it. So go search for the NPCs podcast on there and subscribe so any new episode immediately downloads to your device. And, of course, be sure to check us out over on social media as well, too, Facebook and Twitter at the NPCs podcast. With that, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's News Roundup. We'll catch you all next week. Laters.